This is the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, July 17th. It was a pretty darn good weekend overall for those Minnesota Twins, coming courtesy of this guy who was the hero on Sunday. What a chance for the Twins with one out, bags full. Swung on and shot through that vacant space into the left field corner. One run will score. Here comes Vasquez. Kemp playing pinball with it. They'll send Julian the relay throw. Not in time. And the Twins plate three and have their first lead of the ball game. It's 5-3 on an opposite field. Three-run double by Alex Kirilov. Alex Kirilov, he also had a home run in the game, had four RBIs, and AK-19 is what they call him, uh, and he had himself a good game, a needed game, by the way, a home run coming off a left-handed hitter. Uh, Alex Kirilov, people want him to get in the lineup more. They want to see him against righties and lefties. The Twins have kind of been platooning him, so when there's a left-handed pitcher, because he's a left-handed hitter and the matchup's not always as good, uh, he typically won't play, and a lot of people are saying hey like he's an everyday starter you got to play him like that and there are some people that say well look he hasn't been hitting that great and he especially doesn't hit left-handed hitter uh, pitching very well so it probably isn't wise to put him in the lineup and it was a much needed game for Kirilov because he hit a home run off of a left-handed pitcher and again we'll get to that home run in a second but a big series overall for the Minnesota Twins they sweep the Oakland Athletics and they improve now to an above 500 record over the weekend and not only that they also get into first place in the American League Central because the Twins swept the Oakland Athletics and that means that the Twins were able to get three wins. But what did Cleveland do, who was in first place coming into the second half of the season? They played the Texas Rangers, who have one of the best records in baseball, and the Gardos got swept all three games. They lost. The Twins picked up three games, and that's how we have the, the two-and-a-half game lead right now. I was talking about this with Dan last hour, and I said, you know, the Twins actually have the easiest strength of schedule remaining in baseball, which is really good uh, because that means that the Twins theoretically have the easiest path to win the AL Central. It doesn't mean a guaranteed path, obviously, but uh, things are pretty much gift-wrapped for them not like they haven't been already. The American League Central has been a joke this year. But, you know, if the Twins need any more opportunity to win this division, they should go do that. And, by the way, if they don't win the division, with all the opportunities that were given in front of them, uh, we're going to need to have some serious talks uh, in November and December and January and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, right now the Twins are in a good spot. They have opened up a four-game set with the Seattle Mariners tonight. You can listen to that on KWAD AM 920 and 101.7 FM. Uh, so uh, that has an 8 o'clock pregame and an 8.40 first pitch because, after all, they are out on the West Coast. So if you do miss it, or at least the end of the game, we'll be there to fill you in tomorrow morning again on the morning sports desk and also in our twins wrap the mariners are just like the twins they're about a 500 ball club on the year the mariners have the second most strikeouts in baseball and then there's like a 70 strikeout gap and then there's the minnesota twins in terms of strikeouts by their lineup uh so it'll be good for the twins pitching probably especially somebody like pablo lopez who will pitch towards the end of the series and pablo of course, second in the American League in strikeouts, coming 
into the second half of the season. So expect Twins pitching to do pretty well tonight. I believe Sonny Gray is on the bump. I, I don't have the probables right in front of me, but uh believe it's either him or Bailey Ober. It, it's probably Bailey Ober, the more I'm thinking about it, because Sonny Gray pitched in the All-Star game. The Twins will probably want to give him another day off uh, just to make sure he's rested up. So I think it's Bailey Ober tonight, Sonny Gray tomorrow, and then we go back around to the beginning of the starting rotation as we get the second half of the season underway. But again, uh, I don't have the the num I don't have the probable in front of me, uh, so not quite sure. But it's a good opportunity for the Twins. All they really have to do is just split with Seattle, and they'd have a five and two road trip. And five and two road trip out onto the West Coast. Weird things happen in Oakland, uh, so this is a good opportunity for the Twins here after already picking up three. And again, Oakland's one of the worst teams in baseball. So it's not, I'm not trying to say that uh, this was a hard fought series. The twins definitely made it a lot harder than it needed to be, but they did come out on top of win this game. So uh, that's, that's the important part. They're ugly wins, but they are wins. So you just kind of have to take it for what it's worth. There was a really interesting moment on the broadcast because um, Trevor Plouffe has been kind of joining the Twins every once in a while, especially on the West Coast, uh, because Trevor Plouffe lives out on the West Coast in California. So whenever the Twins are out there, he'll usually join them. And he did again over the series in Oakland. He was more in the booth, which I thought Trevor Plouffe and Justin Morneau in the booth together because they're former teammates. They both played around the same era. They both kind of think the same. Morneau's a little more cold and calculated, whereas Trevor Plouffe has more uh, kind of on-camera charisma uh, which they help kind of balance each other out. And Trevor Plouffe actually brings out more of Justin Morneau and helps him kind of come out of his shell a little bit and get more comfortable. Uh, so that's, uh, I, I just think that that works out really well. It's a great pairing. And hopefully Trevor Plouffe can do that more and more. But um, really, uh, I think he's been good. I think he's been good. He had a really good on-field instructional before the game on Saturday, and basically what he was talking about was all the foul territory in Oakland because it, I mean, because it used to be a football stadium. It used to be for the Oakland Raiders, and when, uh, and of course when it's a baseball field, there's just, a, I mean, you guys remember from the Metrodome, things just don't quite look right. The Twins kind of made the Twins didn't have it quite as bad, but. Uh, it's a weird setup. There's a ton of foul ground, and it's really weird when you're throwing from third base. And if Twins fans remember, a couple of years ago, Luis Arise, in the in extra innings in 2021, was playing third base and absolutely airmailed the ball, and it was an error. It ended the ball game. The Oakland won, and... Trevor Plouffe is kind of explaining why it's so tough because there's all this foul ground. And when you're a third baseman and you're not ready for it because Trevor Plouffe played third base, he said it can be daunting. You see all this green grass and it anyway, uh, I thought it was a really good on field instructional. And so Trevor Plouffe was also mentioning during the broadcast that he and Alex Kirilov were talking pregame and he told Kirilov at 11, 11, uh, and the joke, of course, is whenever the clock says 11-11, you make a wish. And Trevor Plouffe said, I wish you hit a home run today off a left-handed pitcher. And Trevor Plouffe was in the booth in the top of the fifth inning. The score was 3-1 Oakland. Alex Kirilov in the box. And, well... Driven to left. Kemp chasing it, looking up. And that ball is caught a home run to the opposite field. All right, Mr. Plouffe, stand up so he sees you. He better point up here. 11-11, make a wish. 
The Lapo Taco. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh my goodness, I am so happy right now. Yeah, uh, so for those of you who didn't watch the game yesterday, Trevor Plouffe is he rounds third. Uh, or as Alex Kirloff rounds third, Trevor Plouffe is standing up in the press box and he points up at Plouffe, Kirilov does, uh, as he's rounding third base. So it was uh, overall, it was a pretty good series for Alex Kirilov, four RBIs on the day, a bases clearing double to give the Twins the lead. They go on to win 5-4. A nice outing for Emilio Pagan. I'll give him credit where credit's due. I'm an Emilio, I'm a, I'm a card packing club member of the Emilio Pagan Haters Club, but he had a good day uh, yesterday as well. And by the way, uh, there was another guy who had a decent game. This is coming more in the field, and that's Mr. Willie Castro. Willie made, Willie did a fantastic job today out in left field, and he's he's the jack of all trades for us right now. And he, he moves around, but he doesn't play the positions like a guy that just moves around. He doesn't play them, you know, just just fine. He plays them uh, with pride, and he makes above average plays like we saw. Yeah, what play was he talking about? Well, bases loaded in the bottom of the fourth inning, and only one out, believe, or there was no outs. The point was it's a bad situation, but here's Castro saving the day. There's a line drive into left field. Castro coming over. He'll dive for it, comes up with it. Runner tags. He'll score. Everybody else has to sprint back to the bag. So Diaz, sack, fly, RBI, and a great diving catch by Willie Castro. Yeah, Willie Castro saved the multiple runs from scoring. Twins get out of the jam, and they needed all of it as they only won by one run yesterday. So good effort by the Twins. And, of course, as we talked about with the Royals last week or two weeks ago, you know, you look pretty good when you play a bad team. So let's see what happens when the Twins play a little bit more of an uh, even matchup in the Seattle Mariners. Okay. So, let's talk a little quarterback, huh? Because I watched episode, what are we on now? Episode 3 or 4 of Quarterback. I believe it's episode 3, not to be confused with Revenge of the Sith. Uh, In Star Wars, uh, we have kind of been going through this series with uh, everybody. And uh, we've gone through the first two episodes so far of the show Quarterback. And episode three, I think, is really when we start to get some Kirk Cousins love and get some mentions of the quarterback and kind of get to really see his perspective. Um, This episode, you know, the second episode was called Homecoming and it focused on each of the quarterbacks kind of going to places that they've had uh, familiarity with, some old stomping grounds, Kirk Cousins going back to Washington, Marcus Mariota, the quarterback of the Falcons, going uh, to the Upper Northwest where he played college at and uh, Patrick Mahomes going to Texas Tech where he got put in their Hall of Fame where he played college football at. And episode three focuses on pain and how quarterbacks deal with getting hit all of the time. And you think, well, aren't there all these extra rules to protect the quarterback now? They never get hit. And yeah, it's definitely a lot different than it was in the old days. I'm not trying to say that, but, uh, you know, we talked about the MVP of last season, the running joke for the Vikings. The MVP of the season was Kirk Cousins' rib protector and, like, the padding he just has on his shirt next to his rib cage, and that's pretty much true because that guy took a lot of hits, and we talked about during the season, you can go back to the morning sports desks, me and Corey talked about that interior offensive line for the Vikings was not ideal, especially at the guards. They just kept getting bull rushed in the middle, and Kirk Cousins had no time to react and just taking hit after hit after hit. And during that Buffalo game, one of the best wins of the season, Kirk Cousins had a great game. 
uh, and the big catch to Justin Jefferson, and they won the game, and the, and all the craziness that happened with that. Kirk Cousins is just like, I am in pain. Like during that entire fourth quarter and overtime, he's like, I just basically, you could just hear him just kind of groaning in pain all the time. He's like, this stinks. Uh, I think the analogy that they used on the documentary is that it's like getting in a car crash every single week, and then you're just expected to get up and keep playing. And that's kind of what it's been for the Vikings uh, and for Kirk Cousins and for quarterbacks around uh, the league. But I think it says one thing, that Kirk Cousins is one tough son of a gun. Uh, He is a dude that's played through some pain, talks about all the things that the quarterbacks kind of try and do to manage pain and try and get through it and kind of little things that they do, whether it's stretching, whether it's chiropractic appointments, whether it's whatever. Um, I think it shows, I mean, again, we've talked about it. Kirk Cousins is a tough guy, but you really get to see it in this series when you hear uh, just kind of some of the pain that he had to fight through throughout the year. And another thing with Kirk Cousins is there's a couple times uh, in the documentary, and the really thing I love about this, about the peeling back the curtain kind of aspect, isn't just that we get to see more NFL content and more stuff with Kirk Cousins because he's a Viking and we uh, all know a little bit more about him and the games and everything, uh, but it kind of shows you where their head's at when plays go wrong so there was one interception in the Eagles game in week two where Kirk Cousins threw it nowhere near Justin Jefferson and threw it right at the defender and everybody blamed Kirk but at the time uh, at the time and then now it's like okay well clearly him and Justin Jefferson were not on the same page and Jefferson ran the wrong route and now you could say that's some on Kirk, but you know, it's also on Jefferson. And then there's some interceptions where Kirk threw it right to the defender and it's like, okay, well, what was the reason for that? And Kirk's like, I just straight up didn't like, I straight up thought he was Justin Jefferson. I messed up on that one. And it's really, really cool just to get to look at that and to get to see like, oh, okay. Like sometimes he screws up because whatever, like he and his, his wide receiver screwed up and sometimes he screwed up because it's his fault. And that's the thing about sometimes in sports in this 24 hour news cycle, we want to like, as soon as the play happens, dissect whose fault it is. And then we never change our mind. And it's really cool to kind of get to see when things go wrong in a football game, all that access of the players talking with each other and what went wrong and, and how they're trying to pick up and get better from it. So it's that part. I, I really, really like, we'll talk about episode four tomorrow. Looking forward to that one. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, July 17th.